SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and thanks to, to the MoneyWeb team. They'll be back again tomorrow at 6. Coming up on this evening's show, we'll preview the action between Mamelodi Sundowns and uh, Inyimba International. That kicks off in just under half an hour from now. We'll also look ahead to the quarterfinals of the 2016 European Championships. We'll chat pro tiers and we'll also find out what's happening at Wimbledon. But we start with football. No Lodi Sundown's CAF Champions League campaign continues tonight. It's been a very dramatic one. And I say it continues. It almost just gets underway tonight. That after their previous victory was made null and void after ES Satif uh, was disqualified because of crowd violence. AS uh, Vita of the Democratic Republic of Congo were also disqualified and that allowed Mamelodi Sundowns back into the main draw but we'll chat about that a little bit later on this evening Staying with domestic football news and Pumalanga Black Aces were officially named Cape Town City by CEO John Kamitis in the Mother City today. Earlier this month, Kamitis secured the services of Eric Tinkler as head coach and Craig Rosley as the technical director. Cape Town City's first MTN8 game will be at home against Soweto Giants Kaiser Chiefs in August. Kamitis says he's proud of the work they've done behind the scenes. Listen, it's something we've done before, but uh, I've got a great team behind me. We engage the right people. But the most important, I think we've got the name right, uh, we've got the colours right, and the logo is really something special. And I think Cape Townians can really feel that they've got something to work with and that they can start feeling a part of something. The CEO says now that the launch is out of the way, they can start focusing on the important things, like playing football. Yeah, we've got to, we've got to stabilise the, the, the squad very quickly. We've obviously only got 14 players that are officially contracted, and uh, we're busy with some series of trials. I'm waiting for Eric to arrive uh, in two days' time, and there's a process in place to fill up the gaps and to find and make sure that we've got solid players. Meanwhile, the South African Olympic team went down 4-1 to Japan's uh, Olympic team earlier today. And uh, in the Euros, Italian midfielder Daniel De Rossi will reportedly miss Saturday's quarterfinal against Germany due to a hip injury. We'll have the latest from the All England Club with uh, Chris Bowers in just a short while. Onto cricket, the Proteas returned after a disappointing home tour of uh, a disappointing tour rather of the Caribbean. We'll hear from Russell Domingo later on in this evening's show. In other cricket news, it is the fourth one-day international between Sri Lanka and England. I can tell you that play has resumed after fairly lengthy rain delay. Sri Lanka 235 for three after 35 overs. That's what they are at the moment. And uh, staying with news out of England, they announced today that they'll tour Bangladesh for the first time since 2010. There'll be two tests and three ODIs in October. On to rugby now, it seems there were, uh, or there was another casualty from the Ireland Test Series. Springbok fullback Vili LaRue set to miss between four to six weeks of action uh, for the Sharks. He's picked up a shoulder injury. And in other Super Rugby news, Amy Parrott is set to become the first female assistant referee in Super Rugby. That during the Rebels and Stormers clash this coming Saturday. On to Olympic news, an Olympic 100 metre hurdles champion Sally Pearson has pulled out of the Rio Olympic Games. She's picked up a hamstring strain, while world number two Jordan Spieth says he's uncertain about his participation at the Games due to the Zika virus. And staying with golf, Colin Montgomery will play the Open for the first time since 2010, that after he came through a 36-hole qualifying tournament at the Gales Links. And finally, French sprinter Nasser Bouhini will miss the Tour de France, that after undergoing surgery on her hands for guess what? For fighting, as one does. That's it for all your sports news. We'll head to Wimbledon next. SAFM Sports Wrap. 
Let's head to the All England Club now, and it's been a frustrating day for everyone involved. Chris Bowers joins us. Chris, if it wasn't for that uh, multi-million pound roof, uh, we'd be chatting about the weather. Uh, well, yes, we can still chat about the weather, Brad, but at least we've had some play. I mean, they actually are playing now on all the courts. I don't think we've finished with the rain for the day. It's still pretty grey, and the, I can feel the odd raindrop at the moment. But uh, they're playing on the outside courts. That means that they're getting a lot of uh, the first-round matches finished that, that weren't finished yesterday, which means they're only about a day behind schedule. So it's not too bad. The forecast for tomorrow is reasonable. And as you said, they've got the roof, so we've had uh, well, and in, our third match on the roof, and they've got a great carnival atmosphere at the moment for the match between Roger Federer and Marcus Willis. As far as results go, what have we seen today? Um, nothing particularly surprising. We've uh, had Novak Djokovic come through in straight sets against Adrian Manorino. He's got 11 games. All three sets were competitive, so some good tennis there. And yes, Kovadbanska was untroubled uh, against her Ukrainian opponent. Thomas Burdich finished off his match. We've got Dominic Thiem out there at the moment. He's won the, uh, the first set of his match. Uh, and, and that match on centre at the moment, Roger Federer against Marcus Willis. A lovely little story, Marcus Willis. We wanted to give up tennis a few months ago, but his girlfriend persuaded him to give it one more go. He's come through six matches so far, or seven matches so far, actually. Three in pre-qualifying, three in qualifying, one in the first round. He's now playing Roger Federer on the centre court. It's like a film script, and he's just thoroughly enjoying it. He's been trying to get the crowd going. He's uh, uh, a big smile all over his face, but he just lost the first set by six games to love. So there's a little bit of a reality check going on. What a lovely story. A story that's not that lovely. Uh, you mentioned in our PM Live bulletins, Kevin Anderson receiving death threats. Yeah, I'm not sure how... how, how I mean, this is a serious thing in the sense that any time someone gets uh, any form of death threat, uh, it's utterly objectionable and needs to be stamped out. I don't think there's any danger here because this is uh, a growing trend on social media. And I haven't had a chance to speak to Kevin about this. He's left Wimbledon now and I haven't got hold of him. Um, he was quite relaxed about it when he was uh, on social media himself, uh, basically saying that, uh, you know, he gets a lot of this. In particular, it comes from the betting community. You know, it's, it's one of the big problems in tennis these days is that you, you do have a lot of people betting on matches while those matches are going on. And Kevin Anderson leading two sets to love, so a number of people put bets on him to win. He then goes and loses the match. And uh, he got a number of people who... Um, I'm not exactly sure what they, uh, they they communicated to him, but it was Im- implying that they'd you know they'd kill him if uh, because he didn't win the match. Now I suspect some of this was just idle uh, phrasing, um, but it is deeply threatening. Anybody who's faced that kind of bullying, whether cyber bullying or real bullying, will know that it is a uh, deeply unsettling, irrespective of how serious the threat is. And uh, uh, by uh, coming uh, by going open about it, at least. He gets us able to talk about it so that we can actually condemn it, even if the threat to um, his life probably wasn't particularly strong. Yeah, it's terrible indeed. Chris Bowers, thank you very much for that. We'll have uh, more action for you tomorrow morning and results on AM Live. We'll chat again tomorrow afternoon. Up next, we'll take a look at what you can look forward to tonight in the CAF Champions League. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. 
On to some cricket now, and Proteus coach Russell Domingo has called on Cricket South Africa to look into the currently overloaded cricket schedule, especially for the Proteus senior players and their contractual obligations outside of the national team. Domingo and his coaching staff arrived this morning at the OR Tambo International Airport from a disappointing Caribbean Triangular Series against Australia and the West Indies. Needless to say, the majority of the Proteus players were left behind for the lucrative Caribbean Premier League T20 tournament, which starts today. Domingo says they need to look into and sort out a number of issues ahead of another summer full of cricket. It's a big concern for me. Something that it's one of the points that I probably have to highlight with my superiors when I do get time to sit down and chat them. We think about our season, long tour to India, long tour against England, straight into the T20 World Cup. Players stayed behind, played the IPL, flew straight from there. Some players arrived two days before first game in Guyana, flew straight to Guyana. Now stay another four weeks in the Caribbean, home for two weeks, then play a series against New Zealand, then go and play a mini IPL, then straight into a tour against Australia. So those are challenges that the coaching staff and the players are sitting with at the moment and when you are playing that amount of cricket for that length period of time it's difficult to maintain the standards consistently and that is a challenge for us at the moment I feel. Proteus medical doctor Dr. Mohamed Musaji echoed Domingo's words saying the top players need to consider the amount of cricket they are playing especially ahead of important national matches. I think the volume of cricket is a concern worldwide. I know ICC are looking at it currently, around more around context of cricket, around all the competitions that are being played all over the world. And certainly from a Cricket South Africa management perspective and the board, it is something that they will be discussing as well. The guys that are the marquee players that play all forms of the game. I mean, somewhere along the line, you need to look for areas where they can get become refreshed and ready for the next series. So it's certainly, I mean, the CPL wasn't something that was initially on the radar. That came up quite last minute. That's when the NOC was given to him, but having said that, as I said, Cricket South Africa management will have to look at the process going forward on how they release NOCs, take into consideration the long international season ahead. I don't think it's ideal at the moment because there are so many competitions outside of the international calendar. I think for some of the guys, and I look at the David Miller who's not playing all the formats, for him to be able to go play IPL and CPL is not an issue at all. In fact, he can, can only develop playing in these international competitions. But certainly for the guys that play all formats, it is a bit of a concern because you need a bit of rest and regeneration and recuperation for them. The Proteas won only two out of their six games. They lost three in the series. And Domingo says he's obviously disappointed, but uh, was able to draw some positives from the tour. Look, obviously disappointed with the results, particularly the last game didn't go according to plan, didn't play well. But there were some positives. You think of a guy like Debray Shamsi who's coming to the one-day side and performed really nicely. Another good option for us is a spin bowler. On the bowling side, I suppose KG Obada's continued his development. He's been outstanding for us and for a player of 21 years old to perform the way he did. Leading the attack, getting wickets up front, his maturity levels have been outstanding for us. So those are two big pluses for us. Our spin bowling resources look really good at the moment and that's a big positive for Safin Cricket. Former Test captain Hashim Amla was the only Proteas player to reach the three-figure mark, registering the highest Proteas individual score with his 110 against the West Indies. With many suggesting that the players have let the country down, Domingo refrained from playing the, the blame game. No, I don't say the players have let me down. We, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not a coach that's going to sit and, yeah, and blame players for, for lack of performances. That's what coaches got to do. you got to front up and take the brunt of it when the performances aren't there. So I don't feel let down by the players. I feel let down by performances, I suppose. And the results haven't been as good as we have hoped to, but I do feel the players gave it as much as they possibly could. There are some concerns when it comes to the, the playing personnel and particularly their workloads, and those are things that we will need to discuss going forward. I think you look at Guyana, no team batted well there. It was really tough to bat. I think we're the only team that got over 300 in any of the games, so batting wasn't that easy. The two points that stand out for me, the one was where we needed, I think, 90 or 
12 or 14 overs against Australia. We were three down and we lost that game. The batters let us down there. And then in the last game, when we had West Indies at 20 for four after 10 overs, I think our next 12 overs was very average. We bowled really poorly and allowed the West Indies to get some momentum and establish a partnership. So those two key phases of the game were the two phases that we played really poorly and have probably cost us getting into the final and possibly winning the tournament. With growing concerns of fatigue and possibly recurring injuries for top players such as A.B. de Villiers and Dale Stane, Domingo also confirmed that their entire squad is available for selection for the New Zealand incoming tour. He's the captain. He's the first name down on the sheet. So no, he's... Uh spoke to him a few days ago, planning the way forward for him, and it is a concern with the workload, and like Doc is saying, is that some players around the world play all these tournaments, but don't play all the formats. All our players, you think of them as Hashim, Quinton, Faf, Mornay, JP, they're playing all the formats, test one days and T20s, and then playing a lot of outside leagues as well, so that is a big problem for us, but no, AB will should be fit and good to go for the test season in New Zealand. A lot of that thinking was that Dale did need some cricket. We sort of knew that spinners would play a big role in the West Indies, so having him sitting around, not doing much, having him not done too much, is also not going to benefit him that much. I mean, he'd probably have gone to the West Indies and being in a similar position to Mono Morkel, only maybe play one game um, and do a lot of time in the net. So I think four overs, uh, five games or four overs wouldn't have hurt him at all. It would only benefit him in any case. So I'm actually glad that he's gone and done some cricket because he probably sat in the side of the field and might have had any cricket in the West Indies in any case, like Mono did have. SAFM Sports Rap. It's been nothing short of drama for Mamelodi Sundowns in the CAF Champions League campaign this season. Sundowns qualified for the group stages by default after AS Vita of the Democratic Republic of Congo were disqualified from the tournament for using an illegible player. Sundowns were also stripped of three points after CAF disqualified Algerian side Yes Satif because of fan hooliganism. The Brazilians now play their, in their three-team group. Uh, they play the open air against current Nigerian Premier League champions in Yimba International at the Lucas Moripe Stadium tonight. Tonight, after Premiership Player of the Season, Kama Billiat reckons it's going to be a tough match. Yeah, um, I think it's a, it's a tough game playing at home. We have a lot of pressure. We need we need, we need result. We need to bring our A game. And uh, but it's it's all about in in our mind, and we need to stay focused and to make sure we bring our A game on the day, and uh, we we believe in our team. There is always pressure, and uh, it's. Uh, it's good to play with pressure. Uh, it gives you something to play for and uh, you don't need to relax uh, more than you want to. You want the results. So, yeah, we, we enjoy playing with pressure and those one games that uh, motivate us uh, after everything happened. Uh, it gives us uh, one step closer to where we want to go. Billiard admits that uh, in Yimba are a closed book to them, but they have analysed visitors' previous caves on video. Uh, not really, but uh, we still have a lot to, to do. We still have to watch videos for them. Uh, and yeah, we hopefully by the day of the game we will be having enough information. Looking ahead to this evening's game, uh, despite the disappointment of losing out on those three points against ES Satif after they were disqualified, the 25-year-old striker says they are motivated ahead of tonight's match. Um, I think uh, we... We are well motivated, you know, we always believe uh, the last game always gives you something to to, to go for the next game. Like, uh, we, we, we have confidence and everyone is uh, is ready and uh, we, we, we just need to bring our A game on the game, like I said. And now we stick to our plan, we want to win as many games as we can. We want to win even more 
and do better, especially going away, uh, because we know at home we we always bring uh, best result. So we working more harder and harder to just um, play the same way as we play. Billiards has been very influential in Downs' impressive form last season, scoring 10 goals and assisting in 20 others in all competitions on the way to winning the APSA Premiership Players Player of the Year, Midfielder of the Season and Footballer of the Season awards. The Zimbabwean striker could be a target for defenders this evening, however. Um, I think, um, we have, like I said, we have to be mentally strong. It's now different uh, the way we play uh, uh, league games and local games and I think uh, there you need to be mentally strong and uh, we're going to go through a lot of things like that and we just have to be soldiers and uh, show that we can go through all these things to win the Sundowns are currently on an off-season break while the Nigerian domestic season still continues however Billiot reckons that doesn't give Nyimba an advantage over them We believe uh, we've been having enough time to train the way uh, we want to play towards the game uh, and uh, I think the training always brings the best out of us and to correct the, the way we want to play towards the game we, we, we're looking forward to. So they've, they've been playing games and uh, they've been playing different teams. They're not playing us. So uh, we're focusing on them. We've, we had enough time to focus on them than them. Uh, so we believe uh, we should be ready more than them. And Yimba are two times CAF Champions League champions, having won the title back-to-back in 2003 and 2004. Sundown to win head-to-head with Nigerian opposition in the 2001 CAF Champions League group stages, following a 2-0 defeat uh, away from home. The current ABSA Premiership champions defeated the ABBA Warriors 1-0 on their way to reaching the final, which they lost to Al-Akhli. Kick-off this evening, 7 o'clock. Up next, we'll chat the Euros with Joe Cran. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information it's been a bit weird the last couple of nights not having any Euro 2016 action to to watch, but it all gets back underway tomorrow night when the quarterfinals kick off. We join now by Sokoloduma's Joe Cran. Joe, welcome on to the show once again. Nice to nice to catch up. Uh, I'd say it was a pleasure, a pleasure Brad, but I'm uh, I'm sick of this tournament. Uh, <laughs> I think just finished now. <laughs> I was I was going to start with the bottom end of the draw first, and we'll get it out of the way. You're obviously a big English uh, England fan. You, you must be bitterly disappointed after that loss against Iceland the other night. Yeah, I think the saddest thing is it's not really a surprise. Um, I think that is the worst thing about it. I mean, it was, uh, it, yes, it, on paper, England against Iceland was a foregone conclusion, but as we, uh, as we know, the game's not played on paper and, and, and Iceland outplayed, outfought, outmuscled and just outcared the England team. So, I mean, fair play to them. The, the thing I'm most annoyed about is that I fly out to Paris on Friday and I would have been at the England-France game if they'd bothered winning that game. And now I'm going to watch France against Iceland, so that's a bit of a... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say, Joe. But I mean, something has to be said for Iceland. And 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 if, if you look at last year's, bar, well, I say last year, last season's Barclays Premiership. I mean, it was the the season of the underdog. You look at what Leicester did. And uh, I mean, Iceland have, have against all odds progressed this far. France must be nervous. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I wish it, I wish England had been nervous because I think that was part of the problem. I don't think they. Uh... I don't think Iceland have the same population as Leicester City. Watch Iceland play. Ray Hudson was out doing a tour around Paris with Ray Lewington because uh, because Paul Ray had never seen Paris before. I mean, obviously that's more important, isn't it? Um, but no, I think I think France will be will be and they'll have to do their homework and they'll have to take the game seriously. I mean, it, it, it's stories like this that we watch football for. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, 
as you see, as you say, with, with Leicester last year, um, and now seeing I could do this. I mean, in regardless, regardless of what happens now, um, getting through to the quarterfinals is a massive, massive achievement for them, and, and you can see what it means to the players and what it means to the fans and, and what it means to that one comp- commentator that we've heard so much from. <laughs> um, and, 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 and like I say, I think it's great. And I mean, we we, we do talk about the 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 twelve year rule and the Euros, obviously. Uh, Denmark won in '92. Then we got uh, Greece in, in 2004. So you never know. Maybe uh, maybe there's another year of 12 uh, on the cards this year. I mean, I, I haven't beaten by Iceland. I'd quite like to see them go win it now. But at least then we can say we got beat by the winners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and every tournament needs a, an underdog, and everybody loves an underdog. So I think that's a team that that is going to be watched. They take on France. That's the last of the quarterfinals. But first up tomorrow night, Portugal up against uh, Poland. Uh, Poland advancing on penalties, Poland extra time. I mean, both those teams haven't really looked convincing, have they? Yeah, I mean, neither, neither, like, like you say, neither of those sides have really looked like they've, uh, they've stepped up yet. I think um, we've seen, well, we haven't seen play it to the, to the full potential, and I think they'll be eager to make sure that this is, a, this is the game to do that in, because, I mean, if they don't, then they're going out. Uh, I think the star players from both sides, we haven't really seen enough from. I mean, we saw a, a little spell from Ronaldo when he got that brace uh, for Portugal, but other than that, he's been he's been pretty quiet. We haven't seen Lewandowski do much. Baskowski's uh, been quite good, but um, yeah, neither teams really seem to have stepped out of second gear yet. And I think that they uh, they really need to start pulling uh, pulling a touch at night. It should be a it should be a good game. I just hope that it's, it's because of the way they've both been playing, within within both seeming to struggle a little bit. Um, I, I just hope that we don't get a very negative game where both sides are sort of more worried about losing than they are about winning. Yeah, the, the second quarter-final sees Wales take on Belgium. Uh, Wales beats Northern Ireland by one goal to nil, and, and Belgium sort of set a marker out against Hungary. They, they also haven't looked great this tournament, but 4-0 winners uh, in their round of 16 clash, they, they look like they, they could possibly be peaking at the right time. Yeah, I think that's exactly I think with, with Belgium, they are um, gradually getting better. I think they're, uh, rather than some people start off well and, 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 and seem to die down, they... They started off with a, a bit of a, a whimper, and, and they seem to be they seem to be getting getting better. I think um, the game against Hungary was was top class. I, I think when Eden Hazard played like that, then I think anyone's got a problem. And I think he I, he was he was phenomenal. I think probably the, the best international performance I've seen from him since I've been watching uh, Hazard play. Um, and, and I think with Wales, it's another one. It's another it's another nice little underdog story. I think the fact that we've got um, in this. Uh, in, in this round of quarterfinals, I mean, we've got obviously Germany, Italy, and France, who are international powerhouses. We've got Belgium, who are highly ranked. We've got Portugal, who are sort of expected to do well. But to see Poland and Wales and, and, and Iceland there, I think he's brilliant. I think it's, it says a lot about sort of how far the European games come and, uh, and how much tighter it's getting in that. And I think that Wales, with the, with the battle that they've got in the squad, with a player who is as good as Gareth Bale, um, you never know. I mean, I think that'll be an interesting game. I, Personally, I think that Belgium are going to pick it, but like I say, if, if, if Gareth Bale turns up and he really puts on a show, then, then who knows? Yeah, and as we saw Monday night, it's 90 minutes of football. Anyone can win, but the, the, the third quarter, the, the one between Germany and Italy, it's taking place on Saturday in Bordeaux. I think that's going to be an absolute cracker. I mean, Germany are also one of the teams that uh, they have to be favourites at, at this stage. They're the defending world champions. They played well. They they dominated Slovakia, 3-0 winners there. Italy coming up against Spain. I think a lot of people didn't expect that result. 2-0 winners over, over Spain, and they're in the quarters and, and in with a shot to win it. It's going to be a great game there. 
definitely. I think uh, I think that's the sort of game that you watch these tournaments for. Um, with with Germany to them, like I said, they are two absolute powerhouses of international football, both on the the world scene and on the continental scene. And I think that that is the sort of game that you you pay your money for. I suppose it's. Uh, for me, they've probably been the best two teams in the tournament so far. Um, I think Italy just took it for me in, in terms of how they've played, and obviously that little blip against Ireland when they were already through um, was a, a bit of a, a dent on their um, campaign so far. But they, they were brilliant against Spain. I, I think that they they fully deserved their win. I don't think there was anyone who would be good than beating them 2-0. It, it didn't seem to flatter them at all. Um, and, and likewise with Germany against Slovakia, I think that they, they dominated that game they, they took the chances they, they had and they, they both looked really, really good this tournament. I, I think that with the, there's lots of obviously stories to that game as well. I mean, obviously you've got Ligue Lillard against Antonio Conte, two very uh, sound tactical brains. You've got very, very good players on the field and, and there's a long, long history there with Germany and Italy as well. So I think that's going to be brilliant. I think it's going to be a great game. It's almost a pity it's happening so soon. Yeah, I mean, that's the sort of game you, you kind of do want to see in the final, isn't it? I mean, it is a, a, they're the two sides you want to see an out for the, for the, um, for the title. But as is the case in, in knockout football, you never know who you're going to get and when you're going to get them. And especially in this tournament, because of the third place rule, it really was a, a, a lottery. I, I don't think anyone really could predict seeing what happened happen. And with all the, the so-called bigger teams in the, in the second half of the drawing, it, Small ones in the first. It was like I say, it's, it's not something you can plan for. And I think in, in that regard, it's been a really interesting tournament. And we've, we've spoken about the, the fourth uh, quarter, but France, the host, definitely not going to take Iceland uh, lightly. Especially after what happened on Monday, they're going to take it uh, as seriously as they would if they were playing in England or if they were playing in Germany or Italy. I, I, I think yeah, I think definitely. I mean, Didier Deschamps been in the game a long time, and uh, they've got some very very good players within that French squad. Uh, and I think that. If, if they ever needed the, I, I, I think people stopped. Well, should I say should they should have stopped anyway? Um, taking Iceland for granted after the Portugal game, I think they showed what they were capable of then, and and I think it was to England's detriment that they didn't take them seriously enough. Uh, and I think that, that will be the case with France uh, in the quarterfinal. They, they've, they, they, they've. I think with France for me, they they will keep getting better as long as they stay in this tournament. I think that there is still more to come from this, this team and. Um, I think one thing that's interesting to point out, well, important to point out, is, uh, is that all the substitutes that Didier Deschamps has, has made seem to have worked. Um, so it does show that he's got a bit of an ace of his sleeve in terms of managing to change things around for the better. Um, and, I, and I think that it'll be, a, it'll be a really good game of football. I mean, you've got the, the class of, of the France staff uh, in terms of the ability in there with your Pogba's and your Dini Pirates and, and these guys. And then you've got the, the brute force and strength and willpower of, of, of the Icelandic team. And I think that it's, uh, I mean, I'll be at that game. I'm actually flying out on, on Friday, and that's okay. That's the one I'll be at. Um, and to see the host nation against a, a team of Uzu, I think it's 10% of their population in France at the minute. I think it's going to be a great game and a great, a great atmosphere as well. Well, safe travels, Joe. Thank you very much for that. Uh, yeah, I think we are in for, for an exciting conclusion to the tournament. We look forward to catching up uh, again. And, uh, yeah, definitely enjoy that game. Get that Icelandic clap. Get, get it right and enjoy it. Definitely, I need to try and find myself an iPhone shirt from somewhere. <laughs> Have a good one, mate. Cheers.